The views and opinions expressed in the Humanizing the Headset podcast are those of the authors, guests, and hosts of the podcast and do not necessarily reflect the opinion or position of Humanizing the Headset as a whole. This podcast may contain adult language and adult content. people let's just make sure i think we're live but we're double checking if we're live tell us because we're not sure right yes we are live hi everybody and we're live it's been confirmed and we're back checking my all right there cool we are back we are back good morning everyone thank you for joining us all maybe two of you so far that's excellent (laughs) Both of you. It's me and you. It's me and Brendan. <laughs> right. It's me and Kaylee double checking to watch. Yeah. Quick. Like the post really quick. <laughs> oh, there we go. Questions. Ricky Martin. Hi, Ricky. How are Wait, you? The Ricky Martin? He Not is living with Well, I'm sure he thinks that he's the Ricky Martin, you know, but no, not not that one. Not that one. <laughs> Hopefully he's, he, he's a good cook though, based on what he posts on Facebook. Oh, he makes some good food. Yeah, he does. <laughs> All right, so we are here with Manny Apostle. Did I, I said that right, right? I always mm-hmm. say, I never say your last name ever. Okay. All right, so Manny Apostle, he's worked for the King County Sheriff's Office in Washington State for about 30 years now. You don't look <laughs> like you could have worked anywhere for that long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 28 of those years uh, as a dispatcher, and you recently transitioned to their community engagement specialist. Mm-hmm. Um per your bio that you sent me. Thank you so much. He said, just like dispatch, the knowledge of resources, ability to think quickly and compassion has helped Manny to find new and creative ways to engage with his department's communities. Manny, we're very happy to have you here. In your spare time, you are an avid garage sailor. That's awesome. Uh, Less than gourmet cook, which is what your your, your words, not mine, which I don't believe that either. Um, I was gonna say Brandon, that's kind of harsh. All right. <laughs> oh, wow. Your food tastes like shit, Manny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we don't like old it. humility, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you live with your partner and your dog, Sam. Is Sam there? Can we see Sam at some point today? That I'm, would be amazing. Unfortunately, she's with my partner upstairs because oh. so we both work from home, and he works upstairs, and I work downstairs. So oh, gotcha. Sam okay. likes to stay so, where it's warmer. So gotcha. he's at the top of the space needle there. Is that what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and it really doesn't look like this. It's like raining buckets right now. So don't be <laughs> fooled. Yeah. Indeed. So I just started watching Grey's Anatomy, uh, which is filmed, uh, or which takes place in Seattle. I'm sure it's not filmed there, but all their cut scenes are like skyline. So every time I see it, I'm like, oh, Manny's in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's always like raining in the show, too. What's yeah, that? Frazier's uh, living room view too. Remember Frazier? Oh yes. yeah. I was gonna yeah. say also Frazier's view, which That's doesn't right. make sense. And you're yeah. home to Starbucks, which is awesome. Yeah, very and awesome. From Boeing, you know, we've got quite a bit of industry here. Microsoft, Amazon. <laughs> oh wow, Amazon's out there. Yeah, nice. I didn't know that. Very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. 
So we're talking about uh, community engagement today. You are the community engagement specialist again for King County. What was that transition like for you for being a 911 dispatcher and then going into that? I know that you had some anxiety transitioning from a space that you've been so comfortable in for so long to something new. Yeah, that was real hard. Um, you know, take a job that you've been doing for 28 years and, you know, that you could do you know, you know, like the back of your hand, you know, you could do a blindfolded and, um, you know, I, I thought that I would stay in this position and eventually retire. But when this opportunity came up, um, did a lot of soul searching and I do have a passion for our communities. And so I figured, you know what, I'll, I'll do it. And, you know, I worked hard to, um, you know, do the testing and the interview and ultimately, uh, when it uh, came time to make the decision of who they were going to hire, I didn't get it. So it was like, oh. <laughs> they actually hired somebody else, um, a guy from who had the experience of being in community engagement. But unfortunately, he was uh, uh, from a different state. So it didn't work out too well because he didn't know our communities. Uh -oh. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, it, you know, I, th I think it is. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I was number two and they called me and said, hey, do you want this posi uh, position? Uh, talked with my partner about it. Uh, scary as hell, but uh, I said, yeah, I'll go for it. Um, and when I took the job, it was, you know, during the time of, uh, you know, George Floyd and all of the uh, civil unrest and, you know, just the 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 anti-sentiment of law enforcement um and then of course covid so those were the the challenges but i think it's made me stronger in my position and it's kind of forced me to go outside and think outside of the box so now, did you right. say it was a new position was it, it brand was new a new position for our department okay that, you know it would be a good idea to um have this position um, open up to just have somebody reach out to our communities. I think sometimes we uh, we forget that, you know, instead of just being responsive and answering their 911 calls and, you know, their, their calls for service, we actually have to reach out there and, you know, let folks know, you know, we're here for the community. Um, <clears throat> so that's why I think they created the position, you know, just kind of a, a more kinder, gentler department, I believe. And so, you know, engagement is so important. And I'm glad to see other departments having this position open up and having them realize the importance of this. Yeah, it is. It's, it's almost like a full-time, well, for you, obviously, it is a full-time job in and of itself. Um, but for your, I was looking up some, just a couple statistics for King County. You have about 2.6 million is your population. And, and we that got does that. include the city of Seattle. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's, <clears throat> talk to us about some of the challenges uh, associated with that. I feel like for you in a city that's so big, it's almost like a, a 24 hour job. Like you're never really not working. Yeah, it's, you know, um, it, it does keep me busy. Uh, Seattle has their own police department. And so uh, I, last what two months ago they just hired a community engagement person 
And so, you know, I was able to meet with them. We were able to share ideas and introduce, you know, I introduced him to some of the folks here in, in our areas that he might be able to use as a resource. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a full-time position. I mean, King County is huge. Uh, other smaller cities here have their own police departments, but we handle unincorporated King County and our contract cities. So I'm responsible for all of those. And it's, okay. it's just you? <laughs> just me. I'm wow. hoping uh, that there will be uh, another position added. But uh, for the most part, yeah, it's, it's just me. And the beauty of this position is, you know, it's kind of writing itself out as I go along. So, um, you know, fortunately, my boss gives me the freedom to be able to kind of say, hey, I think we need a block watch here, or let's get involved with this organization, or, you know, let's do some department representation at this neighborhood event. Nice. Okay. So I, <clears throat> I, I almost want to focus more, for, at least for a little bit, on the social media aspect. Um, I know that a lot of departments have social media. I know that some 911 centers have their own social media. So let's let's talk about some of the platforms uh, that are available. You know, like we have the Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, and all of that. Do you think that there's? Do you think that some of it can be overkill? Like, do you think it's necessary to be on all of these platforms, or is there ones that that you that you would avoid or post more on, or um, ones that work better for certain things versus other? Like, obviously, Instagram is just photos. You know, and Facebook, you can do so much more like the live, like we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, and you probably have a wider audience that way. But what, how, what's the, do you think is, is the best way through those platforms to engage? Well, we have a Twitter account and that's really reserved for like breaking news or, you know, uh, stay off this highway because a tree fell over, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, for Facebook, we usually do about four posts a day, um, and it could be anything and everything about, um, do you know this individual? He's wanted in a burglary, you know, we'll post this photo, please call this number, reference this case number. Um, it could be um, anything, I mean, DUIs, you know, just kind of warning folks about the dangers of drunk driving or driving while high. Um, but then there's other things too. It doesn't always have to be serious. I'm trying to put in uh, warmer content, you know, especially humanizing, you know, dispatchers and police officers, um, you know, just them interacting with members of the community, um, going, uh, you know, above and beyond. Those are right. the ones that really get a lot of engagement. Good, know? good. We don't see enough of those. No, no, you know, and those, unfortunately, they don't sell newspapers. Those right, don't exactly, but, you know, just to see, uh, for example, somebody had taken a photo of a deputy buying lemonade from their kid when they had a little lemonade stand, you know, nice. but, uh, you know, that made a really nice post. It got so many likes and so many comments that uh, that's, that's what the public wants and needs to see, you know, right arrests not just all the bad stuff but uh you know even uh dispatchers going out and 
you know, helping with a food drive or, you know, doing things that uh, people don't necessarily think that law enforcement does. So, yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you, can you, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we were just talking before we got started, how we all seem to have colds and right. <laughs> like, the season. Manny infected his whole state, whatever, yeah. from Texas. Um, what's a, so obviously when it comes to community engagement, are you part of community service and there's a community service officer? Is there anything that's like that? So like by us, we have a community service officer or department. Yeah. And they kind of do a, a little bit of all of it. And I think responsibilities are spread around. I don't think it's one specific role in our department that does it. Um, so do you have a department like that? And then mm -hmm. for people that are interested in departments that don't have it, give us an idea of what like a typical day is for you, if there is such a thing as a typical day. But what's a day look like for you? Sure. Yeah. So we do have community service officers. Of course, we call them CSOs. But um, and yeah, we kind of overlap, but uh, their primary uh, focus is, you know, anything from assisting with traffic uh, to, you know, maybe getting somebody food vouchers or motel vouchers in the specific areas that they work. So um, and helping, of course, with uh, neighborhood block watches or citizens academies. Um, mine is, um, I don't wear a uniform. Uh, mine is just more helping to arrange department events and community events involving the department. Um, but of course, you know, that would include block watches and such. So a typical day for me would be, you know, one, get out of my pajamas because I'm working from home. And uh, <laughs> coming downstairs here in the, the little downstairs TV room and, you know, maybe spending a couple hours thinking about uh, our Facebook posts, uh, you know, thinking, you know, what type of message do we want to send out there or, um, you know, what type of content do we want uh, today? I'll, I will scroll through our reports and scroll through our uh, photo program that you know we can see like evidence photos and such and just see what we can do and uh, those posts actually there's a lot of thought in those you know people think that oh, okay they're just posting about you know a little incident here but you know each of those posts actually take maybe an hour of research because I want to make mm -hmm. sure everything I put in there is accurate I want to make sure it's not something super secret squirrel that we don't want to necessarily put out there um, that's still under investigation. And of course, I always run it through my Grammarly account because, you know, just right. sure. Yeah, <laughs> free of any typos. Um, <laughs> after that, I usually like to do those a, a day or two ahead. But then, you know, catching up on emails and, you know, reaching out to folks. So I will usually get uh, some of the voicemails where somebody will call our main number and say, hey, uh, we have a Boy Scout meeting. We'd love to have a deputy stop by and, you know, you know, talk to the Boy Scouts, you know, and I'll get back to them or, you know, just kind of like take whatever comes our way, just like dispatch, you know, takes whatever comes our way and makes sure we get it to the right folks to talk to. And um, also I've got some other projects kind of going on that I've been working on. Uh, the 
uh, like for example, we were doing a trunk or treat program with a church on Sunday being Halloween. And, you know, we're going to get the department involved. We'll set up our can uh, department canopy. I've got what's called our bear cat. It's like the SWAT. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like the big SWAT car, you know, that kids just love to crawl through. And so I've arranged to have that. Um, so really quick, for those that don't know, what is trunk or treat? Oh, trunk or treat is an alternative to trick or treat. Uh, so, you know, being it's a church, everybody drives into the church parking lot. And they have kids in costume go to car to car and to, you know, give out candy. As a department, we're going to be setting up a tent, says King County Sheriff's Office. We're also involved in this organization called Faith in Blue, uh, which uh, uh, puts law enforcement with faith-based communities and churches and mosques, you know, to partner together and, you know, give out, well, we're not giving out candy. I actually am going to give out little squishy stress, you know, those little squishy things that, mm -hmm. love. and then um, probably coloring books and crayons, things like that, that we nice. have promotional items. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So. So and when you, you three hundred kids, oh wow, oh, wow, Good. that's a that's a big event. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, it is. yeah, it is. How many other nice. people participate though? So you have all those kids. How many people are participating on the on the trunk side? Not the not the. Um, you know, um, we've done this type of event, but it should be pretty big, according to the pastor. Um. And you know what's nice is, you know, although this is our first time with a trunk or treat event, they had reached out to us to uh, help judge their bike decorating contest on the 4th of July. But, you know, those are the kind of things that I seek to do is to just make those relationships and, you know, say, hey, you know, the sheriff's office helped us with this event. We'd love to see them again. And I think it kind of humanizes our deputies and it humanizes the folks in the department. And sure. it also lets the deputies get uh, familiar with the folks who live in those communities. So I think that uh, it's a win-win situation for all. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what you guys, because you're a large county, you have a lot of people. So there's a lot of, of big events. What what are some of the things that you have found success in that maybe you didn't think that you would or that you got um, a lot of feedback on, positive feedback that you thought maybe you wouldn't, or I'm just kind of thinking along the lines of like people who, who are in smaller communities who uh, don't have the same resources that you do, um, looking for ways that maybe you could help them think of, of things that they can bring to their communities as well. You know, I think even just a lot of it is just being present as a department um, and, you know, uh, getting visibility. Uh, for example, we, uh, uh, there's a city, which a contract city that we have called Burien, and they did a pride event this year. And not a lot of other places were doing pride events because of COVID, but um, I thought, all right, uh, the sheriff's office has previously participated in the Seattle Pride Parade. So we have a crap load of all these uh, rainbow beads, you know, in our little uh, 
swag closet, no pun intended, but uh, you know, I just grabbed a few hundred and I gave them to our deputies and I said, here, I want you guys to like swing by this pride event, start giving out these beads. And the message was that, you know, hey, we welcome inclusion. You know, you are part of our community just as we are part of yours. And I think it was just nice to see folks, uh, you know, genuinely surprised that, you know, police officers would be giving out beads at these pride events. So um, that was one that really worked out well. Um, another is like participation in block parties and uh, community type of um, kind of community type events where, you know, folks can come in. And I've worked with our Department of Local Services to give away sanitizers and masks. And this was at a time during the height of COVID when those were not available anywhere. Right. So fortunately, uh, you know, we were able to secure those and give them out to the community. They were very, very, you know, appreciative. And, you know, it, it's, it's just, again, everybody wins in these type of situations. So Agreed. Do that's you, awesome. I was going to ask, because uh, we were talking about the social media aspect earlier, if you're posting on Facebook and you're getting uh, lots of comments, how are you moderating? <clears throat> do you have to moderate that? Do you even engage or do you allow, what is it? How do you moderate comments on Facebook, Instagram, that type mm -hmm. of thing? Uh, well, the thing is, is, you know, as a government agency, we can't just delete, you know, right. uh, posts. Um, but, uh, you know, you're always going to have naysayers. And, you know, I, I consider it like fishing, you know, don't take the bait. It's not a personal thing. People may be angry. And unless it's something that, you know, is something racist, bigoted, um, you know, obscene, then generally we will leave it just because, you know, it gets folks to kind of think about not everyone loves the department and, you know, we can respect people's opinions. I mean, obviously keep it civil, but uh, yeah. But is that part of your role? Like, do you have to go when you post? Do you have to monitor the comments and respond? Is that part of what you have to do day to day? No, my boss, who is our chief of staff, is is very good at that. So okay. always looking, you know, and I know what you mean by like always working, because even at night before I go to bed, I'm like checking our posts to make sure people are behaving and making sure that uh, there's nothing on there that, you know, would raise eyebrows or, you know. Yeah, so, but it is her, uh, it, that's a, in the course of her duties. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I was Will you guys sure. respond to comments if, if someone, like maybe if there's false information on a comment or maybe mm -hmm. someone has like an actual question that's kind of buried in a snide remark, will you guys respond to that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, so, you know, if people need clarification on uh, a case or something like that, yeah, she'll she'll respond, which I think is great because that that's another form of engagement. Instead yes. of posting out there and letting people fend for themselves, as a department, we're actually communicating with the folks that we serve. So, yeah. So, do you guys have uh, different people from different departments act as sort of like social media liaisons? Like, for example, um, our Facebook page for uh, our agency we have a bunch of different people from different departments that have access to it that can post. Is that something that you guys have as well? So that not one single person is sort of responsible for the, the entire 
uh, page itself or the whatever social media outlet you have? So uh, I share my duties with our public information office, the relations officer. Um, we like to do two each a day. Um, sometimes if he might be on a high profile case or if he's busy, I'll, I'll cover for him and vice versa. But generally it's just us two. Um, I mentioned that we actually do have our contract cities and those cities have their own social media person, but often we will borrow from one another um, and, you know, I'll cover something that happened in our contracts. So, okay. So another thing, um, doing it, humanizing the headset, uh, Facebook page, um, there's a lot of stuff that we try to think about. So I have a ton of stuff in my calendar to sort of remind me about certain holidays, like tell us, talk to us about that for you. Like, do you have a calendar, like a specific calendar to let you know about certain holidays, um, religious observations, um, random, like, oh, it's National Hot Dog Day, you know, like an event that you may have about that. It's a lot to undertake and it's a lot it really to remember. Is. So how yeah. do you guys manage that? Well, I don't have like a calendar per se, but every once in a while I'll look online and say, hey, what's going on on this day? You know, and if it's something kind of silly, like, you know, well, there's people I'm sure that think National Hot Dog Day should be observed. Then I'll just, you know, do a post with a really bad dad joke or a pun. You know, people actually respond very well to that. Yes. Uh, if it's something like, uh, you know, uh, Pride or uh, Chinese New Year um, or something, you know, obviously then, you know, we'll, we'll post something as well. You know, it's, it's really about inclusion and just making sure that, you know, we observe, uh, you know, these holidays with uh, folks who may be of a different religion or culture. So, and those who like hot dogs. So, yeah. <laughs> National Donut Day, right? You National, oh, of course. It. Of course. I mean, it's police department. That's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is like, yeah, that's, that's an easy one. But um, also, you know, obviously in April, um, telecommunicators week so you know those kind of things we usually like to find during that entire time we'll feature a dispatcher who goes above and beyond the you know duty and um or we you know show them what the the amount of training that they have to go through you know and we all know the incredible amount of training you just can't pick someone off the street and say here you know do this job so no, not oh. even close. Yeah, absolutely. I, I tell people all the time they ask questions. I've had it. You know, I think we all have it all the time, but they're like, oh, it must be stressful. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, for somebody that doesn't, I, I always tell them it takes a certain person to do the job that we're doing. Not everybody's absolutely. cut out to do it. Not everybody's cut out to be a nurse. Not everybody's cut out to be a teacher. You know, exactly. like I think of being a teacher and having to teach kids and I'm like, okay, I need to call 911 because I just, I don't, I don't know. Thank you. I don't want to mess around with that. Um, just because they would stress me out too much. And it's, and people will laugh at you because, you know, you, they're like, really? You answered 911 calls. The kids would stress you out. Yes. Yeah. This would be way worse for me to try and deal with uh, little kids or whatever. So it just takes a certain type of person. So it's cool that you guys bring that focus to it. And obviously 
you being a telecommunicator or a former telecommunicator, um, you know, you have a, you have an insight that not most people would have. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I, you know, I attribute the success of my job to that because, you know, I've got tons of resources up here. You know, if somebody says, Hey, you know, I need help in doing so-and-so and we've all done this. Um, you know, you, you just have all those resources where you know who to reach out to. Um, really, it's just problem solving, which is what it's about. And you, you guys problem solve every day you go to work. So, and I do the same. It's just, usually it's not an emergency for me anymore. So, <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. The, I think the biggest problem we solve every day is what's for lunch. It takes about four hours to figure out. Mm, it does. Yeah. <laughs> that needs to be the first thing that we discuss so that we're not eating like an hour before shift is over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, we, we start planning that at like 9 a.m. Everyone's like, all right, what do we want to order in three hours? Because that's how long it's going to take us to figure it out. Yeah. I miss those food runs, though. That's, that's one part of dispatch I do miss is the food runs, people sending messages, okay, go into Jack in a Box, place your order, or uh, <laughs> whatever. What well, and COVID brought about, um, you know, DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot, of, we've talked about this before, but a lot of stuff that wasn't previously available to us for delivery suddenly is. Yeah. And that's, I mean... COVID's not awesome, but Grubhub and DoorDash are really cool. Yeah, COVID's but that not awesome. Okay, <laughs> but it does amazing. get expensive and it adds up. So it does. Oh my god, it's yeah. really expensive. Yeah. So I picture sure. a thirty dollar hamburger. Oh, I'm sure. It's lukewarm. I, I, yeah. yeah, and it looks like somebody punched it. Well, you know, right? <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, the, uh, but there's only so many microwave burritos you can have in one day, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's just, it's, it gets old. One yeah. of our uh, other uh, members of Humanizing the Headset, she's, she's not here, obviously, Sharice, uh, she is notorious for ordering DoorDash or Grubhub. She'll like, like, it's like two minutes down the street. I don't want to go out. Like, man... <laughs> I know I'm, I, how much money do you make? Like, I don't, what pay scale right. are you on that you're buying DoorDash every night? I, I, I mean, I've, I've done it at home. There's been times where I'm like, I, the very last thing I want to do right now is leave the house, even though whatever Taco Bell is two blocks away from my house, I'm, I'm going to wait half an hour for someone to come bring it to me because I'm that lazy. Yeah. We have a Jimmy John's that. literally across the street, yes. and I never go. I always <laughs> order for delivery. I, ne I, I never leave. Delivery. I'm not. Well, I, I don't. I'm comfortable. I don't want to leave. I just don't. Yeah. Please bring. I had it food. delivered the other night, but we were short, so I couldn't leave to go. Well, and there's that. I didn't too. have a choice. But we're not allowed to leave, just, yeah. so that's never. Oh. It's never an issue for us, but. Oh. Well, working from home, you know, I mean, there's only so much you can have for leftovers I, I did have a craving for taco bell because it's amazing how they can like make you know 20 different items from three different ingredients yes <laughs> you know, yeah lettuce tortillas and cheese yep. what can we make 
the volcano taco dia. Right. You're like, oh, this is amazing. What's in it? Lettuce, tacos, and cheese. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, and we added hot sauce this time. So you'd mentioned uh, social media. I also want to include, yeah, get some uh, posts that um, involve participation. Before, yes. we used to have a communication center Facebook account that I managed. And um, every once in a while, I'd add like a caption contest, you know, with some silly photo. And, you know, say, hey, you know, give us your best caption. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of clever people out there. And, you know, people just love kind of engaging in that type of thing. You know, again, it shows that, yeah, we do have a sense of humor. And there is a human being behind that Facebook account. Um, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. We just had a couple posts uh, the other day I asked uh, about commutes mm. for dispatchers tons of responses uh the same for years of service like if you if you can get people involved and and participate in your post somehow like everyone loves that everyone yeah. loves to laugh too so the funny stuff is is always going to be popular you know but you kind of in in my experience you have to you know manage it both ways you don't want it to be just funny content because it sort of detracts or distracts from you know everything else yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, but, you know, be creative. I mean, uh, you know, you may want to talk to your, uh, I don't know if you have a social media, um, um, you know, person, and this is for smaller departments, or you have a, a public information officer, but, you know, be, be creative. If you've got a post that you think would be great to encourage folks, you know, have at it and, uh, you know, mm. just keep folks talking and keep folks engaged. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what are what are some things that that we should avoid posting on social media? Uh, the big obvious ones, uh, you know, anything like, uh, you know, religion, uh, politics, especially politics, please, <laughs> you know, um, you know, any type of posts that people might interpret as some sort of bias. Um, I generally just avoid anything like that altogether, even if they're posting something as a reply. Um, and I know that, you know, right now the big debate is, you know, vax or not vax, masked or unmasked. But, uh, you know, I get a lot of, well, why are you posting that person's photo? You know, if they're wanted, they're wearing a mask. No one's going to recognize it anyway. Or, you know, mm. just going to let this person out of jail and, you know, in two hours anyway, why do you even arrest this person? So, you know, you get a lot of that, but uh, generally I would just keep it very, very neutral. Um, if you're in doubt, you know, set it aside, give it an hour and look at it again and think to yourself, what's the worst case scenario? How is somebody gonna interpret this? And uh, it, most importantly is, you know, what's the purpose of this message? Right. Why am I sending that? Yeah, mm -hmm. indeed. Yeah. So um, I have some notes here. So if we can go back to resources uh, mm -hmm. really quick, are, are there some specific resources that you use to assist you as uh, you're in your role? Like, is there uh, any apps that you use that kind of help you to navigate your day or help you plan what you're going to post? For example, I use, it's called 
uh, National Calendar Day. So I get an email um, every day, if you can see, uh-huh. uh, with all of all of the holidays, whether they're important, irrelevant, like National Hot Dog Day. You know, yeah. so I, I get those in my inbox every day. So it's it's just another way to for me to engage it, it provided it's relevant to, you know, our industry or, you know, even if it's not sometimes. What are is, is there anything that you that you use like that? No specific apps, but a huge resource of mine um, is uh, to follow a lot of other departments, especially that are really, really good, great with their um, social media. I know that, uh, what is it, uh, Kenosha, um, Wisconsin, they're mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, they're hilarious. They are. <laughs> and they're just yeah. north of us. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's just awesome to see, you know, the amount of engagement that that department brings because of those posts. And that's a city of, like, uh, right around 100,000 people. I live I'm going to say it's like a larger, larger community, so. Yeah. Well, Which other ones do you think are good? Um, I've uh, seen Las Vegas. Yes, they're, they're good. good. Yeah. Um, uh, Denver is really good as well. And, you know, if you kind of uh, look around, even for the smaller departments, just kind of see what type of uh, things they uh, cover. I know a lot of it, too, just depends on their geographical areas. But uh, right. A small department can make cow uh, tipping hilarious or <laughs> so whatnot. But, you know, kind of keep an eye out for those, you know, department. I mean, I will even Google police funniest Facebook posts and just start looking from there. Um, you know, it it really helps me to kind of understand the content of, you know, what really is very popular especially when we're trying to reach out right now, personally for our department, we're trying to kind of appeal a little bit to the younger crowd, you know, to see, you know, these are going to be possible department members, you know, we want to get folks engaged, especially the younger folks. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Um, So those are good pages to follow also is uh, New Orleans, which is Orleans Parish, I believe is their their mm. Facebook page. Yes, okay. they're hilarious to too. They are. Um, Thank you. What are some things that when you assumed your role, you were surprised would fall under your duties? Uh, well, let me see. For one, um, you know, I don't know if I was really surprised at anything um, just because like I said the job is kind of writing itself out so I didn't write any uh, specific expectations I knew that I would be you know obviously be working with our general public more often but um, uh, do you think that that's COVID related that you're not doing that right now yes Uh, yeah absolutely you know um, our we're kind of limited to the number of folks that we can, you know, see in person right now, even in my office, which I'm not in, you know, even in our cubicles, uh, we're required to wear a mask. And so, you know, I mean, and there's things that I can do here, you know, in my office that I can do here at home. So I've been doing a lot of work from home, but um, other things that kind of surprised me as far as this uh, position is concerned, 
probably having to answer difficult questions. Um, I didn't really have any experience in that. And I think I still kind of need a little bit more uh, training in that sense. But like the, what? Like, what would you call a difficult question for you? Being a, a, a previous dispatcher, I mean, you, you went through. Hey, there are no difficult questions there. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm curious as to what you're finding as a, as a difficult uh, a question without revealing, obviously, any personal information or whatever. Um, probably the questions you guys are asking me right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is getting a little bit too rough for me. I'm like, I don't feel safe. My no, feelings uh, are hurt. Yeah. It's like, you know, things such as, you know, um, obviously, you know, we have uh, the civil unrest last year, but a lot of those things. I'm not a police officer, so I don't know police procedures. But, you know, at the same time, you know, I don't want to come across as just saying, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to BS somebody either. If I don't know the answer, I'll just tell them and I'll find the answer for them. But, uh, you know, I'm not a confrontational person, but I've had uh, people kind of come at me in a very confrontational way just because they don't see Manny and, you know, they just see the, the sheriff's office. A Facebook page, yeah. They don't know exactly. that there's a they see the whole department sitting behind that page they don't realize it's like one guy who doesn't really know you know exactly yeah right. uh i've i've been kicked out of neighborhood groups um you know just and yeah it's like we don't want law enforcement present here this is our our space to be able to talk whatever we want without you spying on us you know please leave i'm like <laughs> you know <laughs> they think you're using it as like a criminal tip line like well, and, you know, I, I guess, yeah, um, and, you know, to their credit, you know, they don't know what my motivation is or why, you right. know, but, yeah, you know, when I was asked to leave, it was like that, you know, um, scene in Pretty Women, Pretty Woman, where Julia Roberts was made to leave that hoity-toity storm, Beverly. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't belong here. Please leave. <laughs> and I'm I'm thinking mean girls you can't sit with us exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesdays we wear pink. I was just gonna say yeah were you did not wear pink on Wednesday was that yeah. the issue but you know I I don't take it personally and I can understand uh if that's what it means for folks to start you know engaging with one another then you know that's great but uh and I figure you know they'll engage with us if they want to so right yeah. right well so you guys a lot of <clears throat> whoa <Sorry. laughs> what everyone, just, everyone just went out there norm what were you saying i'm sorry <laughs> no i was just saying I, I i totally get it from a standpoint of if they have a specific issue like you said they don't want they need to work it out first before they bring it to you to figure out what the the ins and outs and the, the consequences, repercussions, whatever the case may be, are. So I get it. It's like a committee or whatever to figure it out. And then we're going to involve the, the police department or the sheriff's office and find out what we can do. But they're going to come with a representative rather than you sitting there watching, every, writing everybody's name down, which mm -hmm. Karen is which, Absolutely. you know, yeah. and all, all that type of thing. So I, I get it. I understand yeah. that. It, it's it's a little bit short-sighted because 
they didn't take the time to figure out why you're there and talk to you about it. Um, but you know, it's people. What what are you gonna do? Yeah, and it's a reminder of why department visibility is so important. You know, make the rounds, go out there, be visible, uh, because uh, folks may not necessarily want to engage with you right now. However, you know, it's reassuring to know that you're there should they need them. So, pretty good. So I'm going to direct us here to, uh, oops, to Facebook Live because Charlie Bickford has joined us. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. And he asks, where did it go? He asks, how are you all working to enhance 911 engagement? We've noticed a ton of morale issues, especially since COVID. Are there any specific 911 community events that you get to help with? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I'll tell you, you know, and this is probably nationwide, um, you know, the, the morale in comm centers, you know, have probably tanked. Um, ours did because I left. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, <laughs> but I believe it. <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, I mean, uh, and I'm sure that, you know, the overtime, because it's always overtime, right? Or we don't have enough people. That's going to mess with people's morale. Um, you know, being forced to work longer hours or come in on your day off. Um, I've been working, we have a 911 program office for King County, and they're kind of the umbrella of all of the PSAPs within King County. So, oh, okay. yeah, and so we partner with them and they, you know, together we go out and we will hit um, farmers markets or other events, you know, she'll share with me, hey, we've got this thing going on. Do you, as the sheriff's office, want to respond as well. It's like, yeah, we'll go, you know, just to get our names out there. But um, they also will take dispatchers from other agencies to go help with these events and meet community members. It's always a nice break from dispatch. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, for folks in the communication center, they want to be able to kind of see the, the, the people that they're helping. Um, the people, you know, our, our community members, they want to put a face to the person that's an, answering their 911 call, you know, and so I think it's a good type of mutual benefit. And then, of course, I like to, you know, give a shout out to our communications folks, not just one month in April and, you know, get them, you know, Domino's pizza and a pen that says, here, you're important. Um, you know, let them know, you know, what, what they mean and, you know, the, the contributions they make to the department. Our deputies yeah. are really good about that, you know, stopping by to meet their dispatchers or, you know, just saying, hey, thanks. Or they'll bring, you know, there's a couple sergeants that are just famous for every time he stops by, he brings donuts. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, oh, man, after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really important, I think, because I mean, if you if you aren't if you aren't engaging with your nine one one center, then uh, like you're all year, you know, then TC yeah. week seems a little forced, mm -hmm. uh, and it can yeah. feel fake, you know. Yeah. Like I I never see or hear from you, and here you are. It almost feels like you're you're here because you feel obligated to be here, not yeah. necessarily because you want to be here. Absolutely. You know, so yeah, definitely. That's, that's a very important point to, to make there. I wanted and, you know, to say, 
Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Norm. I, I wanted to say about the, the question as far as morale and stuff. Yes, sometimes uh, even I fall prey to it. Morale sometimes sucks because, you know, especially right now, it, there's always morale issues in one way, shape, or form, whether COVID exists or whether COVID is, is not a thing, right? So it's made it worse by far. There's no, there's no doubt about it because yeah. whether somebody gets sick at a center or separation because, you know, like in our case, we're still separated and, and it seems like it's going to get better. And then they say, no, we're going to keep you separated. And finally, we had somebody explain it really well to us, you know, um, in the, in the sense that if, you know, in the other departments in the sheriff's office where we work, if a deputy goes out with COVID, they can take a detective and put them back on the road for two weeks if they need to fill that spot in. We don't have that luxury. There's nobody else in the department trained to do what we do. Um, not anymore. We used to have some some deputies that were trained as dispatchers that would come in for overtime and stuff, but mm -hmm. that doesn't exist anymore. Um, but we're also responsible for our own morale. Um, and, you know, I found it interesting. My brain, you know, when we get to talk to great people like you, it gives me ideas and makes me think a little bit more than what I normally would in, uh, you know, you talked about doing farmer's markets and I think that's a great idea. The difficulty sometimes is I think people, and I'll, I'll say dispatchers because it's what I do, um, we go into it with, oh, well, it's gonna be overtime. And I sometimes, I, I know that we should get paid for doing work, but I also think sometimes we have to go into it not with the expectation of getting paid to go out and get people to learn about you. We have to be willing to volunteer our time. And I think that's why departments a lot of times are hesitant to set up events because now we're going to have five people there and we're going to pay them overtime for eight hours to sit there. Um, and they're not, they're just not willing to do it. Budgets being what they are. So sometimes if we want that recognition, we have to go out and get it sometimes too and be willing to sacrifice some of our time to educate the public and get that get that recognition. Otherwise, if you're always just waiting for, to get paid for it, then you know what's the point? You're just trying to get paid. You're not you're not really concerned about getting everybody to know who you are and what you do. So that's my soapbox. But you know, it made me think about that when you when you mentioned it because a farmers market would be a great idea. You set up a tent. It says you know Lake County Communications or whatever the case may be. And you have people work the booth voluntarily one day, one Saturday, or whatever the case may be. So anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And keep in mind, too, I mean, this is just not a, a public engagement effort. You know, this can also be a recruiting effort because people are going to say, hey, how did you get into 911? You know, what's the funniest call you've ever gotten? And, you know, it, it genuinely pulls people in and, you know, say, hey, you know, if you're interested, um, I've got our QR code that, boom, they can maybe you know, take to your apartment. Oh, nice. um, but it is a recruiting effort. Uh, I was going to also add that, uh, you know, when we talk about morale in the communication center, keep in mind too, that we, um, all of us, we have to take ownership and, you know, we are part of that, uh, you know, try to eliminate the, the bullying, you know, the, the unnecessary stuff that already adds to, you know, the stress that we already have. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know, you see bullying and, 
you know, a new person comes in, a trainee, and they're, they're, you know, somebody says, well, no, you're doing everything wrong, or, you know, don't even talk to me until you've made your probation. You know, that is, and I've heard that. Yeah, and that is- So awful. It, it's horrible, you know. Who you, wants to be treated like that? It, this isn't first grade. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the, the same folks say, well, we don't have enough people. Why can't we keep people? Mm-hmm. It's like, yes. you know, so, you know, you have to do your and, you know, just make it an environment where folks want to go to work or, you know, you guys back each other up. Um, who's the one that says, you know, dispatchers eat their young? <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, we really do. It's know. true. Um, and it's I don't true. know why it's, it's, it seems like it's in every center. I just, I, maybe it's a form of release that for some folks, but, you know. Yeah, you know, speaking of mean girls. <laughs> like, right, no, that's literally what it's like sometimes when you're, yeah. and it's, yeah, why can't we keep good people? Well, because everyone's mean to them all the time, and then we make them work all this extra overtime, and we won't help them, and well, why would they want to stay? This is really stressful already. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we're making I mean, it worse. And then it we're really mean is. to each other on the phones, too, like transferring calls or having to talk to another agency. Like, some people are just, like, why why are you so angry mm-hmm. yeah and <laughs> like we're people, on the same team here we get yeah. it we get you're frustrated we're frustrated too you know yeah that was a big topic of conversation at ipsta people I'll are like you, they just don't get it you know you know everybody in your department no matter what they do um you know if they answer the phones if they dispatch hell if they you know take out the garbage everybody has the opportunity to be a community engagement specialist because that one, you know, that one interaction you're going to have with a citizen, that might be the first and only time that they call 911, but they're going to remember how you treated them. And okay. so that's going to set the tone for their their attitude towards law enforcement. I've I've seen people get uh, a community members so amped up and, you know, just you know, just by being so rude to them, you know, the, the, the poor cop that's responding, they don't know what they're going into. This person's angry now, right? It's, you know, they think that, okay, I'm talking to this cop on the phone, you know, is this the cop that's responding? You know, that, that could be an officer safety issue as well. It could, it could, because how yeah. are we making the situation worse for the officers that are responding? Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to have to use some type of force when they get there? Because we were just a complete asshole to the person that called in. Right. You know, like we we can make or break it for the responding officers. Absolutely. That's very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and so. I always tell my trainees, every everything we do is recorded, right? Everything from radio traffic to the phone, even your phone call to an officer is recorded mm-hmm. because of everything we do is recorded. Right. So I tell all of my trainees, anything you do at work can end up on the five o'clock news. Absolutely. So please be aware of that. Yeah. When you're on the phone with an officer and you're making fun of a caller or mm-hmm. making fun of a, you know, someone who called in a, a complaint about something and you're like, oh, this idiot, I don't want to, you know, right. Yeah. That can all end up on the news. Yep. Yeah. Right. The, when and, I just saw the, the, uh, one of our supervisors sent out a email the other day and it said, uh, he, he was just giving us a reminder you know, and it's because we have people separated. So we have people in the front half of the, uh, you know, one part of the building, people in another part of the building. So we use Teams, Microsoft Teams to communicate back and forth. 
And uh, if Microsoft wants to send me a check for plugging Microsoft's teams, I will gladly accept it. Um, but uh, sponsored he, by. he reminded sponsored by Microsoft. Um, they sent uh, he sent an email and reminded us that that's all uh, that can all be FOIAed. Yeah. So if we're chatting yes. in the Teams chat and we're just you know we're, sometimes we're being silly, we're sending funny like animated gifs that are in there. Um, right. It just, you know, in response to something else, it could be taken a certain certain way or somebody could FOIA it and spin it to make it look like, oh, they're more concerned about screwing around than they are taking care of the public or whatever. So it's important that we realize even your cell phone, if your center allows you to have your cell phone in there, um, if you happen to instead of emailing or calling on the phone to an officer or deputy, but you decide to text them because your friends with them, it still can get subpoenaed, you know, if, if it turns out to be a big deal. So you got to be extra careful yeah. when it comes to that stuff, for sure. Yeah, people definitely need to be reminded of that. And, you know, sometimes that reminder is when you turn on the news and see what happens to somebody else in another agency, you know, it's it's a good reminder, you know, and yeah. it's very humbling. So, yeah. What well, I've seen, too, especially recently with um, TikTok. I don't know if your department has a TikTok or if you guys do TikTok, but um, I see first responders on there all the time. And most of it's funny, lighthearted, you know, they're not doing, they're doing like some stupid dance craze or whatever. And it's funny, but I have seen on occasion first responders that are definitely like clearly in uniform with their logo, very visible and um, doing things that would, are probably going to make someone angry. We'll get them you know. or get them right. fired. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, there was They're the like one in the there squad was the one that went on there. And... Yeah. There was one dispatcher who was like who was recording herself live while she was taking calls and, and you, you're so, giving me address like, information and it's like, what are you doing? That's so <laughs> yeah. illegal. Oh yeah. You know, and that's like actually we... another topic that we're gonna have um, yes. after this, because I met with somebody at Ipsta. Um, cause he had a social media class there as well. And it was more the liability side. It was very interesting. So that's going to be yeah. another, that's going to be one of our future podcasts, but that will yeah. be very good. To, to... But yeah, it's, I think it's tough sometimes to draw that line. Cause again, like we want to be transparent and we want to engage with our communities, but we also, we don't want to be doing it in a way that's violating policies Pulse. or laws and correct. <laughs> And if you're doing those things, even if it's if it's on your personal page, um, like you don't even have to have on your page that you work for X agency or whatever. But if you right. are presenting yourself in a way that questions um, like the, the morals of the agency that you work for, right. then that can be problematic for you, even if you're not representing your department specifically. So yeah. it's a very fine line there. Yeah. Even when on, we've... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you just Google um, police fired from Facebook, you, you'll see a ton of them. And it's just very yes. crazy. And, you know, it's like, what the heck were you thinking? But uh, yeah, go ahead, Kaylee. What were you saying? No, I was just going to say, like, especially recently with, um, you know, you were talking about politics and religion and, and COVID and the mask versus no mask or vaccine versus no vaccine. Um yeah, if you're going to be putting a very loud opinion out there on your social media page, but you're also representing 
your agency on your social media page, like that's a thin line right there because you Mm -hmm. could even, even just saying your own personal opinion about a political candidate, but you're in uniform could get you in trouble. Yeah. And even liking, uh, is racist or bigoted post could get you. I've seen that. I've seen that happen on Twitter a lot where, um, department heads or agency heads are liking tweets that are inappropriate mm-hmm. and they're getting in trouble or getting caught for it because it's like why is the chief of this police department liking a post about a you know what whatever the case may be and you know uh, people will call you out on it I mean you know you may think that uh, you know you've got your privacy settings and such all uh, set but you know if you like or post something uh, there's folks in the public out there that will find something out and, you know, they will be the first to go to your department and soon you'll be in the sheriff's office and you'll have to kind of explain why you posted this or I would not want to be in that situation. Right. right. Not at all. Yeah. Not at yeah all. So, I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for what you do. I think it's Thank you. Um, incredibly different. I mean, people, again, like you were saying, people think that you just kind of like goof off on Facebook all day. And it's like, no, some of these posts take hours and a lot of research. And um, again, walking that thin line of what's appropriate and funny, what's going to make someone angry, um, what could get me in trouble. And then, you know, making sure that you're being careful about respecting everyone and, and not doing anything. I mean, it's just, it's a lot. And this is such an ever evolving topic because obviously this changes constantly every second of every day it's moving forward and you know some days Facebook isn't the place to be sometimes it's Twitter and it's just like Twitter's popping off that day and you don't know why so you move all of your stuff to there and you're trying to engage more there so um your your job must take a lot of effort and energy (laughs) it does but you know at the at the end of the day, you know, I feel good about what I do. Um, I think I'm genuine in my approach. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to just uh, appease a bunch of people who may be pissed off at the police. I mean, you know, again, I'm, I'm still kind of working on you know, folks that are very confrontational, but sometimes just being able to talk to them face to face and say, hey, you know, um, I'm here to listen. You know, I can take your concerns to my higher ups. Uh, it kind of disarms them, so to speak, and they know that you're just there to listen. Um, be genuine about it. You know, that's that's the thing because people, they they know when, you know, you're bullshitting them. You know, just right. really gen- genuine about the whole yeah. thing. So, yeah. Absolutely. People aren't as stupid as we kind of think they are sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we like we kind of like to think like, oh God, everyone's so dumb. Mm. <laughs> not really. But really for, not. Uh, you had mentioned, you know, for those small departments that you know they don't necessarily have a budget. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do that are you know little to no cost. You know, uh, especially since everything is online, you can host a citizens academy online. Um, that mm-hmm. may involve a little overtime, but you know. Uh, being able to just kind of, uh, you know, taking a group of folks and walking them through the, the, the process of, you know, what we do, 
that would be great. Um, you can also do an employment workshop that the uh, sheriff's office has been doing for our dispatch crew, um, folks is they will invite a bunch of people come to our employment workshop and it pretty much walks them through the entire process so they know what to expect um, and they know what type of qualifications we're looking for and then walks them through kind of a virtual academy so they know the amount of training that we have. Some folks will say, hey, this is not for me and, you know, log off. But, you know, that's one less person that you would have spent money or time on that wouldn't want the job anyway. So right. to actually do these in person and, you know, we'd have 20 folks, which would be great. But online, you get like 50 to 75 folks. So I think with nice. the uh, online would be a good idea. So I, I was able to do that recently. So we uh i we got asked to talk to the citizens police academy um for our county and they asked somebody from dispatch so i got to go talk to them because it was you know it was evening so by default it had to be somebody from our shift um so i went and i always like doing that because you get to answer questions the unfortunate part is you can't we can't we couldn't bring them in the center because of the covid guidance and stuff or guidelines right. and uh so they don't get to see all the screens that we're using and all of the software and equipment we're using. So a uh, virtual one like over Zoom where you could share your screens without revealing information, of course, would be able to show them a little bit more of this is what this is what it's like to be in this room right now. Um, so that'd be that'd be pretty. I think that'd be pretty helpful, actually. You know, it's nice to talk to people in general, but without those additional tools, oh, I can, I can put up a PowerPoint or something like that, which I absolutely hate. Um, but, uh, you know, without being in there, they don't get a full sense of what all it is that, that you do. Um, yeah. Especially for the, the communications center, you know, um, we used to also allow sit alongs and ride alongs and they're just, they're not, obviously they can't do that right now. Um, and a lot of people didn't know that. So anybody that's listening, that's, that's not a dispatcher that wants to experience it, check with your local department, um, to find out if they'll allow you to do a sit along in their center. Ours would, you know, they do a little simple background check to make sure you're not coming in there to, to be a problem or whatever. Um, but you can go sit for four hours and watch and listen what, uh, what a telecom, what a telecommunicator does in a given day. And you can get a, a real sense of what's happening in there. It's a, it's a good experience. Absolutely. Um, one thing right now that I'm kind of uh, thinking is for us to be able to have uh, a virtual police ride along. Mm -hmm. So maybe going on Facebook and, you know, you know, this is deputy so-and-so he's at the start of his day and then maybe just post something for his first call, you know, nothing major like any domestic violence calls or anything like that, but you know, right. say that he's responding to a scene of an accident on this block. Fortunately, there's no injuries, but, you know, and take some photos of him helping somebody out, um, you know, and then his next call, maybe taking a theft report, uh, you know, just so they can kind of see what the deputy's day-to-day -day is. I can see that with dispatch as well. Yeah, um, that's actually good. We do that at the wall. Dispatch didn't do that, but our, our agency did that with the deputies a few years sweet. ago. 
Yeah, where nice. they did like virtual ride-alongs. And it was on Twitter, I believe, like the entire day. Yeah. That's the, I like that. That's a very good idea. I know yeah. my, I had talked about this before, but my manager had put together a presentation um, for all intents and purposes for like community or um, citizen police academy or for anyone who was interested in dispatch. And part of that presentation, she took a major incident, which was for us, it was a big accident. And she... Um, took all of the audio from that, meaning radio traffic and 911 calls and laid it on top of each other in real time. So like oh, the first cool. 911 yeah. call comes in and you just hear one dispatcher talking to a 911 caller about this accident. And then you hear on top of that, the police dispatcher giving it out. And then you hear the fire dispatcher toning out the fire department. And then those units responding. And then the next 911 call about the same accident. So she took all of that audio and laid it on top of each other and she uses that in her presentation to show like the multitasking portion of it. And this is, mm -hmm. there's three people in the center that are handling all of this. So like when you call 911 about an accident and we're really short with you, or we just disconnect with you because we were like, oh, we don't need to talk to you. We have someone else on the, this is why. Mm -hmm. And that recording, it's, it's an amazing recording. And I, like I said, I've talked about it before, but everyone that listens to it is like, oh my God, like, I cannot believe how much traffic just from one incident. And that was, I don't want to say it was simple to do, but pulling the recordings off of an incident like that and just laying them on top of it, it's not super difficult and you can use the same recording forever. That's right. great because, right. you know, I think it's educational. Haven't yes. we heard, just get the cops here and stop asking me these questions. They don't really you've already got that sent out to the dispatcher and the dispatcher's already got the, the officer, the aid car going, you know, mm -hmm. you're implementing right now and updating in real time. So yeah. Um, another um, great um, outreach type of effort would be to go out and, re you know, reach out to neighborhood groups and BIPOC communities and such and see if 911 can do a presentation. We've done this uh, with, uh, senior centers, uh, they don't know how cell phones work. Uh, we've done this with communities of color. They don't realize that, uh, you know, if they call 911, they, English might not be their primary language. We have access to a language bank and we can communicate with you. Um, so, and we've got some, fortunately, we've got some uh, Spanish speaking uh, people in our communication center. So they help with these presentations. Right. Um, and obviously not just Spanish, but any, any other language. Mm -hmm. So nice to do those type of outreach efforts to kind of educate folks on our, on what dispatchers do and uh, what we can do. So that's a great point. Like highlighting uh, the fact that we have those resources so that people are less, less afraid to call because they're afraid that that language barrier is just going to make it pointless. You know, why bother? You know. Hearing impaired as well. We just recently started using uh, text to 911. And we didn't really say much publicly about it because we were concerned that we were going to get a lot of false, just people being like, hey, does this work? And it's like, yes, but this isn't really what it's for. You don't need to test it. Thank you. Um, yeah. But one of the things that my manager had talked about was she wanted to, she definitely wanted to make sure that we had reached out to our hearing impaired community to let them know that we now had this available to us. Nice. So Manny, I just have a few more questions and I want to remind everyone uh, 
that's watching live, if you have questions, you're more than welcome to put them in the comments field and we will get to them. Um, so there was, um, the first thing I want to talk about is, is sort of the civil unrest issue that you guys had last year, or was that this year? Everything's that was coming last year. Together. That was last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I know that it was, it was Seattle proper. So your agency wasn't directly involved, but I'm, I'm assuming they sort of were also because they probably were using some of your resources to assist down there. So what, what are some things that you found to be effective, um, and engaging your community and keeping them up to date with what's going on. Like, how did that work for you guys? In terms of uh, when you say uh, what's going on, do you mean like? Like just keeping everyone updated, like avoid this area, or did you have any strategies laid out? Like if for someone who yeah. I, I'm thinking of planning ahead, you know, yeah. so for when this happens somewhere along or somewhere down the line for another agency, what, what worked for you? Uh, or that you found worked for you, or did you just kind of just do what you felt you needed to do and just kind of moved on from there? That was, you know, more of uh, for our Twitter, which our uh, media relations officer, he's the one that's in charge of that. But uh, it was such a big event, to be honest, the news pretty much carried everything in real time. Um, you know, downtown was a mess. And even though it's not in our jurisdiction, you know, it was kind of hard to see all of the stuff that was going on and the looting and you know police cars being set on fire it was it was crazy and I guess as a department we didn't have too many incidents in the areas that we cover it was mostly downtown Seattle so that was a simple thing but you know yes we did kind of up our security uh I've never seen, you know, patrol officers actually standing guard right outside the driveway into our center until that time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, but we just wanted to make sure everything was safe. Uh, the courthouse where the sheriff's office has her headquarters, they, I believe had, um, they had uh, blocked off all of the windows with, you know, wood uh, boards, you know, everything was just, it was a mess, but, uh, you know, that's when I came into this position at the height of that. Mm. And, you know, that's when, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I'm with the sheriff's office and they're like, get out, or we want nothing to do with you. <laughs> uh, I found that during that time and still to this time, people may not necessarily want to engage with you, but you know what, they want to tell you what is wrong or what they think is wrong, or they just want to take it out. And I find that sometimes the best approach is just to keep my mouth shut and listen, and most importantly, learn from what folks are telling me and to take that back to the department. Because sure. it's not gonna, it's not always about us, you know, we just need right. to learn from our communities. So, you know, they're obviously a very important resource for us as well. Absolutely, well, thank you. Um, last question I have, um, I know that there's, this is more of a social media aspect for, for like tips and tricks that you guys use. For example, um, if you have a Facebook, uh, page, not your personal page, but like a community page, or you have your Facebook group, you have different options available to you that you don't have from your personal page. For example, if you have a private group, you can, uh, schedule your posts, so I get messages all the time, like, do you ever sleep? I'm like, 90% of my posts are scheduled, you <laughs> yeah. know? 
So that way I can, like in the morning, I can do what I need, do what to, I need do to do because, you know, I work. HCH isn't my full-time job. I, I, I am an active dispatcher. You know, I'm still employed, so I, I have to do that. And I don't, I don't know what my day is going to be like when I get there. So I can't, I can't guarantee I'm going to be able to get out of my seat and, you know, what, make a post while they're heating up my food or whatever, you know, um, there's also creator studio for your, your, cause we have a private group and a public page. So our public page has creator studio, which you can also do, um, scheduled posts for, and you can link those to other, uh, pages, uh, or outlets you can schedule for Instagram if you have an Instagram page because Facebook right. and Instagram are one and the same essentially. Um, and Instagram, you can you can post from Instagram to your Facebook, and you can also do Twitter and Tumblr. So, do you have any any tips or tricks in that regard for social media that you guys do that maybe we don't know about or that can help out the people who are looking to start something or maybe didn't know existed? So we use a program called Heyorka. And um, just how it sounds, hey, Orca. Um, and that ensures that we uh, post, you know, at eight o'clock, noon, three o'clock, and seven o'clock every weekday. Nice. Times I will, I, I like to post ahead of time. So, you know, sometimes I'll have like the next week's posts all set to go, all prettied up, you know, with pictures and everything. Of course, things can change, such as, uh, for example, uh, I like to post uh, people's like suspects' photos. Do you know this individual? He's responsible for stealing a car at this block. Please call us back with this case number. Sometimes those crimes will be solved before it even comes out on Facebook. Oh. I'll have to be really, um, I have to be very mindful to make sure that uh, all the information is updated. Uh, or there will be something late breaking that, you know, we just need to put there instead so I can switch those around. Right. Or, you know, like you said, there might be a uh, specific holiday or date that I may have forgotten about and, you know, post that there instead. But it's a great program uh, for us. And we've linked it to our Canva account, which, you know, Canva and Heyorka should give me money for putting it out there. But, you know, it, it's just amazing. Um, it, you know, it's helped with my creativity and our places. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, no one else has asked us any questions. I don't know if, if Kaylee or Norm, if you have anything else before we wrap up here. I don't have a specific question. I think it's awesome that, well, well thank you for coming on. I mean, the, yes. the fact that um, there's a lot of departments, I think, that are lacking in this area you know they they've taken the time to create a community service department they have a community service officer that goes out and does the you know I, i'll say mcgruff i'm probably aging myself because it doesn't exist anymore it's probably like some sweet little cat now or something um but uh you know Pick me out yeah right yeah <laughs> um the uh i don't think they pay with everything that's available to them, I, I think they're just stuck in their ways, right? And and I understand why, because it works for them. That's what's happening, but they probably haven't given enough thought to the actual uh, internet side of things, you know, use it, utilizing social media to 
to engage the public and then taking that a step further with the other things that you could do. They're, they're focused on specific things and having a person like you um, in a role like that would probably benefit them greatly, you know, that if it's being done the, the proper way. So it's awesome to uh, hear how you're doing things is very cool. It's I know it's given me ideas. Like I said, I'm still stuck on that damn farmer's market thing that I think that's genius. Um, the uh, and it's so simple, you know, and it's always those simple things that pop up that you're like, why didn't why didn't you think of that? It's because we try to complicate it, you know, but um, right. Yeah, I, it's awesome what you're doing. I started following the page because uh, I wasn't following it before, so I can see what you're doing and what you guys are doing out there. And uh, yeah, just thank you. Keep keep up the good work. Yeah, I mean, yes. thank you for having me. Um, you know, I I think that um, as you know, uh, folks in this industry, I think we owe it to the folks to the community members that we uh, serve. I'm more than happy to share ideas uh, with folks out there. Uh, my email address is manuel, M-A-N-U-E-L dot apostle, A-P-O-S-T-O-L at, and then this is one word, kingcounty.gov. Um, feel free to reach out to me. I'm more than happy to, you know, again, exchange ideas or, you know, see what I could do to help other departments, so. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Manny. We appreciate your time, your ideas, your energy. You're the best. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Very, cool. very, very impressed. Well, I, All right. I really... we're going to end the live stream here. Thank you everyone for joining us. Um, if you have any questions after the fact, Manny provided his email address. You can email him directly or you can leave it in the comments and we'll make sure that he gets it. Uh, thanks again. We'll see you all later. Bye. Bye.